listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Ping.tv. Ladies and gentlemen, we are back from the break. My name is Dustin Gold. This is the Dustin Gold Standard, and you are listening to Payne.tv slash gold. All right, ladies and gentlemen, another quick thing I wanted to mention to you. I said that I would be seeking out uh, sponsors for this show. There was a company that I had mentioned on this show before who I had used their services before. It's called DirtLegal.com. That's D-I-R-T Legal, L-E-G-A-L.com, DirtLegal.com. And I used this company actually to register one of my vehicles And I live here in the state of Maryland, the communist state of Maryland. And Maryland makes it nearly impossible, folks, to register a car if it's more than five or six years old. They try to drive people into having to go get an automobile loan and buy basically a new car. I haven't spent a lot of my own time researching why, but I could imagine why. Obviously, they're trying to drive you into uh, debt, ladies and gentlemen, put you in a car with a computer inside it so you can be tracked everywhere you go. So if you have an older vehicle, if you have a 10, 12, 15-year-old Ford Bronco, an old pickup truck, some uh, truck you like to go camping, off-roading with, forget about it. You're not going to get it registered in Maryland. They run you through emissions and then through safety inspection. And with the safety inspection, you're going to end up getting a list of all these things they say you have to get fixed, even if the car is running completely fine. You're going to bring it down to a mechanic, and it's going to be anywhere from four, five, six thousand $6,000 in stuff. So they're trying to force you into the funnel of buying a new car. So I started doing research. Uh, this is probably six, seven months ago. And I found this company, DirtLegal.com, and they'll register your car for you in South Dakota. Why South Dakota? Well, very low fees, very low registration costs, and you don't pay a yearly property tax on your vehicle as you do in many other commie states. Okay, so I used Dirt Legal actually twice, two separate occasions. First, I bought a temporary registration through them while I was trying to figure out where I wanted to register my vehicle, and I had looked at a couple of states where I could register it. And then I said, you know what, I'm going to just use Dirt Legal to register my car in South Dakota, which is where they register it. And so I used them. Great service, fast turnaround. I had my plates from South Dakota within a couple of weeks. You could fill everything out online or they'll mail you a packet. You fill it out. You send it back to them. It all gets done. They handle everything. There was a little delay at the DMV that had to do with switching the title over. They kept me informed the whole time, got everything straightened out for me. So Dirt Legal had sent me a link that I could sign up for an affiliate program. And it wasn't because I have a podcast. I didn't know what I did. It was just any customers who have used their services. They said, hey, if you want to be part of our affiliate program, sign up here and then use this link. And if your friends use it, you know, you'll get a 20% commission. So I did it. I mentioned it on the show, but it's kind of a pain on an audio only podcast because people aren't going to go click the link. So I had put Dirt Legal 
on my list of companies to call because I wanted to get the owner on here as a guest anyway, because I'm really interested in interviewing companies that will help us beat the system and work around the system. I mean, that's all part of the theme of this show, right? My personal belief, folks, is that if you believe you're living under tyranny, stop trying to save the collective. Get rid of this idea of restoring the republic or saving America or, I don't know, voting people in Washington that's going to reverse everything. Just start working around the system. Just start pushing the tyranny off to the side by evading them. Think like an outlaw. I mean, if the laws are unconstitutional, then figure out how to work around the laws. So I found Dirt Legal. I mentioned it on the show. Then what happened was last week I had a little time, so I reached out to the owner. I asked if he wanted to come on here as a guest and talk about their services, which will probably be happening soon. And I also said to them, hey, is there any way you can give me a promo code instead of an affiliate link so people could just go to Dirt Legal and use my promo code and give them some sort of a discount and then still give me a 20% commission if uh, anybody uses the service. So this is one of the ways that you can help my show. You can help yourself and you can save a little bit of money. They came back and did it. So now I have a sponsor, folks, a sponsor from a company whose services I use and I love these guys. So it's dirtlegal.com. Use promo code gold. All right. They didn't even write this ad for me. I'm just, this is part of the show, uh, part of working around the system. So use promo code gold. You'll get $25 off whatever service, and then I'll get a 20% commission. And it'll help uh, put food on my table. You're going to get access to a great company who's going to register your car. They also register RVs, off-road vehicles, motorcycles. They can help you with pretty much anything. It's a great website. Just check it out, dirtlegal.com. Use my promo code GOLD and work around the system. So the first time I had mentioned Dirt Legal on the show, I had a couple of you folks reach out to me and somebody said, well... If I register my car in South Dakota through Dirt Legal and I get pulled over in my state, aren't I supposed to register my car in my state within 60 days of moving there or changing your license? Now, that's that's the same in most states. It's usually 30 to 90 days you're supposed to register the car there. I said, yeah, so what? I'm not advising anyone to go out and break the law, nor can you really plead ignorance of the law if you break it. But if you get pulled over, just make up some excuse. And what's the worst that's going to happen? They're going to give you a ticket. They're not going to tow your car away. But folks, come on. You can't complain about tyranny and then keep complying with tyranny. How are you going to fend off the bad guys in your life if you're going to keep complying with their rules and regulations? What if they passed a law tomorrow that says on Wednesday you have to shoot yourself in the head? Are you actually going to do that? I mean, I've had people reach out since Justin the Cowboy, the rancher, came on the show. He had mentioned something about chickens uh, on the show, I think. And off the record, I was talking to him, and he said, yeah, in my area, they're trying to say, with my five acres, you can only have 12 chickens instead of 24 chickens. They have that here in Frederick County, Maryland as well. Unless you have 10 acres, you can't have this, you can't have that. Folks, what do they have? The chicken police? The chicken police are going to come out with the siren. Buck, 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 The chicken police are going to come out to your house and they're going to count your chickens and say you have 12 chickens instead of 11 chickens. 
Do not comply. Do not comply. Let them send the sheriffs over. Let them send the police department over so they can count your chickens. Uh, you have 12 more chickens than you're allowed. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm babysitting chickens for my neighbor. These 12 are my neighbors. Those 12 are mine. Well, I'm not sure. They're kind of mixed in. I thought I knew them. They have names, but I'm not sure. But I'm just watching them for a day. Folks, think creatively. Don't comply with a system that you believe is pushing you into tyrannical slavery. It's time to think outside the box. It's time to work around the system. Do it in a smart way. Do it in a way that you're not going to call attention to yourself, as I'm doing right here on the show by telling you this. But think about it. If your state isn't going to allow you to register that old Ford Bronco that you want to keep off uh, Elon Musk Starlink GPS satellite hookups and you want to just be able to cruise around up in the mountains without being tracked all day, reach out to my friends, DirtLegal.com. Use promo code GOLD and get yourself $25 off of any service on there. And you'll help out the show. If you want to have chickens, just have chickens. Let them send the chicken police. Let them send the chicken police, ladies and gentlemen. All right. So uh, one last thing before we get back into industrial society and its future. All right. Jim, Wide Awake Jim, brought up on the show yesterday a challenge. And he asked the audience to figure out who is behind the new cashless revolution going on at sports stadiums. Specifically, he was talking about a couple of personal experiences in, I believe, South Carolina and North Carolina, where the sporting stadiums are no longer accepting cash. And then the second challenge he put out was a high school production, I believe a theater production, where he had to scan a QR code in order to look at the playbill for the uh, theatrical play rather than having a printed one. And he said, this is, has to be orchestrated. So just for the hell of it, before the show, uh, I just did a couple of Google searches. No major digging on this, uh, but I was going to do it just to send it over to Jim. So let me just share it with you in case you listen to episode 131. So there's a company here called Tappet. It's T-A-P-P-I-T dot com because Jim wants to know who's behind this. We obviously know who is behind the cashless revolution. Now, I didn't do deep digging, folks. I didn't start looking up the investors. I didn't find its ties to the CIA, but I guarantee it's there because every company we look for, it's there. But this is tapit.com. It says the cashless stadium revolution. It says back in January 2019, the first major North American sports team announced that its home stadium was going cashless. So this is pre-COVID land, the high school theater production. That team was Major League Baseball's Tampa Bay Rays, who play at Tropicana Field. Just a few months later, in March 2019, the Mercedes-Benz Stadium in Atlanta, home to the Atlanta Falcons and Major League Soccer's Atlanta United, became the first pro sports stadium to feature cashless transactions on all purchases. And where these first movers have gone, the majority have followed. Whilst many stadiums were moving towards cashless payments prior to COVID-19's arrival, there we go, the pandemic vastly accelerated the trend. That's called the Great Reset, folks. COVID-19, the Great Reset, that pushed us 
into the fourth industrial revolution. It says during 2020, when stadiums around the world were closed to fans, many teams took the opportunity to install cashless systems in anticipation of the return of the fans. Did you hear of that, ladies and gentlemen? During 2020, when stadiums around the world were closed to fans, you all remember that, many teams took the opportunity to install cashless systems in anticipation of the return of fans. We've also heard, while cities were closed and counties were closed and states were closed and the whole country was closed, these people were running around installing these smart poles all over the country. I'm going to do a show on that soon. These smart poles with these LED lights and RFID readers and sound uh, machines that can blast out your eardrums, uh, 5G towers, all this other stuff were being installed around the country, around the globe, while everything was shut down during COVID-19. You don't think that was on purpose, do you, folks? Maybe that'll answer the question as to why they kept us all locked at home. Let me just read a little more. It says Major League Baseball makes the cashless move. Take MLB, for example. 26 of the 30 Major League Baseball teams were completely cash-free for the 2021 season. The other four teams, the Blue Jays, Indians, Marlins, and Red Sox, still accepted cash, but all strongly encouraged cashless transactions. Towards the end of the season in September 2021, the Blue Jays announced they were implementing reverse ATMs. And on the 13th, April 2022, the Red Sox announced that Fenway Park had transitioned to a cashless environment in time for the start of the season. Tappet, this is the company we're talking about, are proud to be working with two MLB teams. 2021 saw Tappet implement cashless payments for San Diego Padres and the Cincinnati Reds. Our mobile pay solution has been implemented to both teams, MLB's ballpark app. All right, now it talks about cashless NFL. And it says, why are stadiums going cashless? All right, I'm not going to get into all of this today because there's a lot here. And for those of you on the video side of this over at pain.tv slash gold, you'll see on this tap it website, they have mobile pay, cashless RFID, tap it insights. I mean, there's a lot of stuff to go through here. So I'm going to have to dedicate uh, an entire show to this and maybe i can get wide awake jim to come on uh when we're not talking about central bank digital currency because he asked a question but uh i will do further research on this not that this is a surprise to us i don't want to chase and try to put out fires we're not going to stop this from happening but i do find it interesting if i could figure out who is actually behind this and if it leads all the way up to i don't know some investor connected to CIA through NQTEL, their venture firm, then we know our government is the one pushing forward the cashless society. Not a major surprise, but once again, it'll show you this is not organic, and it's here, and it's going to continue further and further. Once again, now, you have to figure out how you're going to operate around that system. Do you want to give access to your credit card and or your debit card? to tapit.com, to Major League Baseball, to the NFL, to the NBA. Do you want to give access to that? If you're trying to operate in cash, well, maybe you go get a preloaded credit card and you set up your account that way if you want to continue to go to live sporting events.
I'm just saying, folks, if you know it's coming, then you can start to make the moves to be able to work within the system, but on your own terms, on your own terms. So you don't get caught off guard at Yankee Stadium when you want to buy some popcorn and instead of handing them $10, you have to put your debit card, uh, tap your debit card, risk being hacked, cyber hacked, your information being spread around out there. So instead, maybe you carry a preloaded credit card with you. All things to think about, folks. These are solutions to how you can operate within this system. But remember, if you believe this is tyranny, it's your responsibility to yourself and to your family to tell the system to screw off and figure out creative ways to work around it. I'll be right back as I work my way around this short break. My name is Dustin Gold with the Dustin Gold Standard right here on pain.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on pain.tv. Join the discussion at pain.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Payne.tv. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Dustin Gold Standard. My name is Dustin Gold, and you are listening to Payne.tv slash gold. All right, folks, we're going to get back into industrial society and its future. This is the 1995 paper uh, written by this particular author. We're going to have a discussion on the author once we get to the end of this paper. And as you know, if you've been listening to the show over the last five or six episodes in between guests, I've been working our way through industrial society in its future. And I think it's a very important document, maybe one of the most important documents written in modern history. Because this paper in 95 predicted the exact situation that we're in today. Not only that, it broke down the psychology of humans. And it talks about as the industrial boom kicked off, humans were accelerated into this new form of living in which we had not lived for thousands or even millions of years, depending on how long you think humans have been around and the history in which we lived under. So our DNA is not programmed to be stacked on top of each other and plugged into AR headsets all day long. And so he gets into the psychology of this. We went through the psychology of the leftist. We went through the psychology of folks on the right. We got into what's called the power process. And now we're under this section, disruption of the power process in modern society. And we got up to paragraph 65 we completed. This is broken up in paragraphs. So I want to continue reading from this because i'm going to work our way through this paper as i bring more guests onto this show over the next couple of weeks and then we're going to get into a book on the history of the federal reserve by anthony sutton and this is all very important because it will show you uh, exactly what is happening today and then we'll be able to make moves to work around this system of technocracy now this author does not use the term technocracy. He calls it the industrial technological system. And he talks about the system socially engineering folks into the system, which is what we know the whole point of 
technocracy going back to 1919 was, the science of social engineering, leading to the systematic control of the means of production and the distribution of goods and services. And that's what we're seeing today. That's what central bank digital currency is. Uh, That's what the whole climate change hustle that Wide Awake Jim has been covering is. That's all the social engineering. The climate change hustle allows... The elites to gain control and power. It allows the worker bees to make money off of the live action role play grift. But at the same time, it's socially engineering people over a generation to believe in climate change or if they don't believe in climate change to at least accept the solutions offered up by the system. So it engineers you socially into the live action role play, which ends up in central bank digital currency, universal basic income, technocratic control slave state. That's where it goes, folks. That's where it goes. So let's start here. Paragraph 66. I'm not going to go backwards and read 65. You're just going to have to listen to the past episodes. So paragraph 66, it says, today... Again, this is 1995. Okay, today, people live more by virtue of what the system does for them or to them than by virtue of what they do for themselves. I'm going to pause there. I I did not plan this, folks, but that's what I was just referring to when I was talking about dirt legal or I was talking about the chickens on your land, right? Stop complying with this system. Do things for yourself. If the system is putting a boot on your neck, figure out how to move that boot, folks. And if you're real smart, you'll let the system think that it has the boot on your neck while it actually doesn't. And that's what keeps you out of trouble. Goes on to say, and what they do for themselves is done more and more along channels laid down by the system opportunities tend to be those that the system provides the opportunities must be exploited in accord with rules and regulations and techniques prescribed by experts must be followed if there is to be a chance of success right now what was i talking about recently this gold and silver business right that i'm working on well one of the things that i found out as i was doing research on the regulations and licenses here in the state of maryland they are going to make me jump through hoops just to be able to buy people scrap gold from them, which is one small piece of this business, but it is a core piece of the business. I need to have a federal and state background check done. I need to have a physical location. The government here in the state of Maryland wants you to have basically a brick and mortar store and you have to store any precious metals you buy on that property. And if you're going to have a storage unit and or a safe off premises, you have to have that registered with the state. Now, the government are the biggest criminals on the planet, biggest criminals on the planet. I hope somebody hears this from the government because this is what I think of you. You're the biggest criminals on the planet. You've licensed uh, yourself to be able to commit crimes against everyone. And so they want me to tell them where I'm storing precious metals that I buy from people. Like they come to me with broken necklaces. I give them money. It was a trade. We made a trade. I even have them sign a contract. Whether the government wanted me to or not, I'd have them do that. So it says, you're agreeing I'm paying you $300 for these broken necklaces or whatever. Okay, but now the government wants to make sure they know where I'm storing that. 
Well, first off, let's say the government was honest, but now there's actual paper trail filed somewhere in a government system, probably a hard copy paper somewhere, and then a digital copy up in the cloud. What if that gets hacked? And some hardcore criminal, some mafia thug, knows where I keep my jewelry or I keep my scrap metal. I mean, seriously, folks. So do you think I'm dumb enough to go register my business and get a license from the state of Maryland to do this? No. I started looking around at other states where I could register an LLC using a virtual office and then states that allow you to purchase precious metals without licenses. I probably had 25 hours of my time invested in just figuring out how to work around the state of Maryland, to work around their system. It's a pain in the neck, folks. They make it easy to live within the system, more difficult to work around the system. But once you figure out how to work around the system, it's much easier because you're building a system for yourself that is grounded in more liberty and freedom. When you operate within their system, it's slavery, it's tyranny. How is it not slavery for me to have to tell the state of Maryland where I'm going to keep precious metals that I buy from people? I mean, that, that is insanity that they would even ask that, but it's there. That's the rules. Let's look at paragraph 67. Thus, the power process is disrupted in our society through a deficiency of real goals and a deficiency of autonomy in the pursuit of goals. Now, for those of you who missed this, power process, okay, you want to listen to the episode where I talk about the power process. And the power process is what is wired into our DNA as humans. You need to have a goal, work fairly hard to achieve that goal, and succeed at achieving that goal more often than you fail. And that's what really drives humans. And what this author is talking about is in the system we live in today, no one is really meeting the power process because the power process of man for thousands upon thousands of years, as opposed to the last 200 years since the industrial boom, is that we would have to go out of our house, hunt an elk, not get eaten by a bear, bring the elk back home, or our family is going to starve. All right. That was what the power process is. So in the world we live in today where we created all these middlemen between you or me and the food we put on our table. Now we go to work in a cubicle. We have to deal with the politics of the boss and the people in the company and the water cooler gossip. Or you have to get on Zoom and do your work through there. And the Internet's not working all so that you can get a paycheck. So then you can go deal with the supply chain issues at the grocery store to buy food, to bring it home and put it on the table. All right. So we've totally disrupted the natural wiring of our DNA as humans. goes on to say, but it is also disrupted because of those human drives that fall into group three. The drives that one cannot adequately satisfy no matter how much effort one makes. One of these drives is the need for security. Our lives depend on decisions made by other people. We have no control over these decisions, and usually we do not even know the people who make them. Think in the case of politics, Washington, D.C., right? They make rules that affects your life. Somebody made a rule that I have to register with the state of Maryland to tell them where my gold is, and I have, to physical, uh, have a physical building. I don't know who made that rule, but I can comply with that rule. 
It's terrible, right? So we have no control over those decisions. It goes on to say, we live in a world in which relatively few people, maybe 500 or 1,000, make the important decisions. Philip B. Hyman of Harvard Law School quoted by Anthony Lewis, New York Times, April 21, 1995. Our lives depend on whether safety standards at a nuclear power plant are properly maintained, on how much pesticide is allowed to get into our food, or how much pollution into our air. We just talked about all that with uh, Justin, the cowboy. Goes on to say on how skillful or incompetent our doctor is, whether we lose or get a job may depend on decisions made by government economists or corporation executives and so forth. Most individuals are not in a position to secure themselves against these threats to more than a very limited extent. The individual search for security is therefore frustrated, which leads to a sense of powerlessness. Folks, this is everything we are going through, everything we've been going through. You know, I remember when Affordable Care Act under Barack Obama came into place, one of the big discussions and the worries was that small business owners could not plan on the future if they were going to have to get their employees insurance or they weren't. They didn't know how to run their company. There's no security. You feel powerlessness. During COVID-19, they shut everything down under these fake rules. People felt powerless. All right, this is what this author is talking about. That's why I said this is genius, this thing. Now, I don't know, and I've said it on the show, whether this author was really a prophet who saw this all coming. Remember, he wrote this in 1995, really before the Internet. Uh, And I'll tell you about him later. I don't think he had access. I mean, there was Internet and libraries and stuff, but I don't think he necessarily had access when he was doing the research. Or this guy was some kind of a mind-controlled mouthpiece and that could be true when you hear his history that could make sense or or the guy was just some sort of a, a patsy a dupe and this was really written by the system this is just revelation of method where they're telling you exactly what they're going to do to you in the future 1995 moving forward so that when we all ignore this paper which we did which we did because they tied the paper to an author who you will see was labeled as a kook, a crazy, and a murderer. You're going to see that. And so people discounted what was actually said. But if it was actually published by the system, by the elites, by the technocrats, then they warned us of what they were going to do, and we ignored it. Ladies and gentlemen, I cannot ignore this short commercial break. I'll be right back. This is Dustin Gold with the Dustin Gold Standard right here on pain.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Payne.tv. Join the discussion at Payne.tv slash gold. 